Hello everyone, and welcome to the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your weekly podcast hosted by two BFFs, bringing you the lowdown on vampire activity in Mystic Falls, Virginia, as told by the cultural gem television show from the CW, The Vampire Diaries. I'm Beth. And I'm Claire. And welcome to this week's episode, Unpleasantville. You may remember in, I believe, the late 90s, this is really reaching back to maybe around the time some of you were born, mm-hmm. uh, there was a movie starring Reese Witherspoon and was it Tobey Maguire? It was Tobey Maguire. Called Pleasantville. And it was about the repressed citizens of a like 50s television program. And half of it was in black and white. But then Reese Witherspoon started like essing guys D's and then it turned into color. <laughs> hey girl, thanks thanks for that. <laughs> but anyway, the joke in this episode is that there's a 50s themed dance and it doesn't go very well. So it's unpleasant, Bill. Butunch. Yes, that was my drum sound. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, we may recall last week... Elena and Stefan uh, resolved their Catherine 1864 angst. So they're like all loved up at the Salvatores. And Elena's basically asking, who the fuck was that guy we kind of forgot about last episode who caused my car to crash? That hoodie wearing fuck is out there somewhere. And I don't like it. Yeah. And I mean, this is like very important. Like, who's trying to kill Elena? So Stefan's kind of like, oh, yeah, sorry, don't know. Good question. Like, Let's make out. <clears throat> yeah. And oh this whole gosh. scene is like, the camera looks like it's a spy cam or something. And I kept expecting somebody to, like, pop out. Because it was always, like, through the, like, back of a chair. Or, you know, through a window pane. It yeah. Was very creepy. It is. There are a lot of, like, interesting camera choices, I feel like, in the show. And they're somewhat few and far between it's just like one scene is just so jarringly like yeah. misshot is that a word um, sure <laughs> but yeah this the is definitely on one was like really obscure <laughs> but yeah it was weird and it all came to nothing because as far as we know nobody was actually spying on them that's what we think that's true but luckily stefan is like well the best thing that we can do well we don't know who this hoodied fuck is, is give everyone that we know of her vein jewelry. So Fucking finally. Yeah, so Stefan pulls out this like giant box of jewelry and just loose dried for vein. And he's like, Everyone needs to wear this. I have a necklace for you, necklace for Aunt Jenna, a bracelet for Jeremy, which is his signature leather cuff. <laughs> I guess with Vervain like intertwined, which is hilarious. Um, or people can put it in what they they eat and drink. Yes, that too. So basically, he's telling Elena, give everybody jewelry and like drug them. Yep. Which is good. It's called for, but it's also weird. Yeah, it's like kind of seems like it should be a last resort, but Stefan just kind of like pulls it out. I think that he has like a secret Etsy shop where he <laughs> makes and sells jewelry because there was like a lot of shit in this box. Oh my god. <laughs> it's trophies from all of his victims. Oh no. R.I.P. Yeah. So finally, you know, we get Caroline Vervained. 
It took a long time. It should have happened before now, but Elena gives her a Vervain necklace, and Caroline is like, oh, yeah, thank you so much. It's so cute. What is this? Come, some kind of lesbian friend necklace? <laughs> I know, and she's like, I didn't know we were getting freaky that way. What the fuck, Caroline? I mean, maybe she was starting trying to start something. I mean, yeah, she could have, like, be bringing up her, like, subdued feelings or something, I it's guess. It's like, oh, Elena gets out all the boys. Maybe Caroline wants her, too. Oh, maybe that's why she feels so jealous. Ooh, makes you think. But no, that's not true. She's still hung up on Matt, but uh, even though Elena says it's okay with her and that she doesn't mind talking about it, she still feels weird, especially because... She suspects that Matt is not over Elena yet. Yeah. And that's a bummer. It is. Also, I feel like a lot of time has passed since Matt and Elena have broken up. Yeah. But, and, like, I, a lot of stuff has happened in general. A lot of stuff has happened, but it's probably only, like, three months or something. And Caroline is not aware of all of it. Like, the stuff she was involved in personally, she had brainwashed away. So True. To her, I guess, it feels a little more fresh. I think that we see um, Elena and Jeremy kind of like chilling at home in one of the opening scenes. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a ring at the doorbell. Jeremy goes and opens it and he sees that it's a pizza guy. And he's like, Elena, I need money because I'm a giant loser who can't. (laughs) Yeah, who can't like pay a pizza guy on his own. So he says to the pizza guy, hey, man, just come in and leave it here on the table. Who does that? Yeah, that's like the first thing that pissed me off. It's like, no, someone is bringing you a service to your house. You, you can take stand that on the porch them. for two seconds. Yeah, or you could take the pizza from them and place it within their eyesight. But it's just a plot machination. It is. So, so he's invited into the house, and from, like, the ho-ho-ho look on his face, it's obvious that this is a big deal, so he must be a vampire. Yeah, absolutely. And so Elena comes down and pays him, and he, like, really creepily stares at her unblinkingly and says, You have a great night. And, and Elena's like, thanks, bye. She's not weirded out about it because she has very, like, low sense of stranger danger. <laughs> so true. Even though, as we've established, somebody is, like, out there trying to murder her. Come on, Elena. I know. You got to be on the lookout, girl. What are you thinking? Constant vigilance. <laughs> so we kind of go away from that uh, over to the Salvatores, where Damon is just, like, in their library, which, by the way, they have a pretty baller library. They do. It's, like, multi-level. Yeah. But he's just, like, taking books off the shelf and throwing them on the ground. Like, that is not a very respectful way to treat your home or your books. And probably those books are super old and will, like, crumble into dust once they hit the floor. I know. But Damon don't got time for that. He's very busy. Yeah. And Stefan's like... Hey, dude, what you looking for? No reason I'm asking, just making conversation. But Damon is not feeling very uh, sherry today. So he just basically says, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to remember what exactly he said, but it amounted to just fuck off stuff. They had some kind of like rhyming wordplay that I intended to write down, but then it was too long and not interesting enough <laughs> to quote verbatim. But they quipped at each other. And basically, Damon has an evil plan again, and Stefan is trying to figure it out again. Like, we've trod these boards before. Mm-hmm. Was this the part when when they re- when they reference a diabolical plan part two? <laughs> <laughs> it was either this or another scene in the library. Yeah. So, like, he couldn't have added an electric boogaloo after that. <laughs> Seriously. On, That's know. why you're the lesser Salvatore. 
Very true. Uh, I just like find myself liking them both more and more every episode, even though I have like more and more reason not to. I don't know. I feel like in this episode, we both looked at each other a lot. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't about Stefan. That was about Matt. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, Matt. Okay, we'll get there. I could, all white men look the same to me. It's hard to keep... <laughs> Do you have white men face blindness? Yes. <laughs> it's partially intentional. <laughs> so, yeah, we go to school, and the weirdest thing of the episode that, like, you know something is up is that Jeremy gets his extra credit essay back from Alaric, and he got an A... Whoa, that Jeremy is some Gilbert. I do not believe for a second that Jeremy Gilbert could write an A paper. No, I don't think so. But we do know that Alaric is getting freaky with Aunt Jenna. True. So maybe there's like some nepotism <laughs> going on there. Well, he like talks to Alaric about it after class and also establishes that he wrote all about the vampire theory. And I'm like, this is a history paper. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You just wrote, here are some reasons why vampires might exist. It's like... How, how do you get an A on that? I don't know. I mean, maybe because it was extra credit. I guess. Ugh, I don't know. But anyway. Alaric's kind of interested in, like, where Jeremy got all of his reference information about the vampires. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's from my ancestor's diary. Luckily, it's, like, right here in my back pocket. <laughs> um, so Alaric's like, oh, I, you know, I might be interested in reading that. And Jeremy was like, really? And Alaric's like, yeah. yeah. This is like porn for history teachers, and I was just like, oh, I'm pretty sure gross. porn for history teachers is just porn, <laughs> and like a lot of it. I'm pretty sure that that's probably like a title of a porn. If you hear sirens right now, they're going to arrest Alaric for talking about porn to his students. <laughs> they are great timing, sirens. Thank you. I know I'm like thinking of what porn history teachers would watch, and I'm like, is it teacher student? Is it like no, historical, it's like, like Anthony and Cleopatra or? <laughs> or Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, Wait, like were they that. alive at the same time? <laughs> Close enough. Clearly, I have not taken a history class in a long time and have not retained <laughs> anything from it. I mostly think of a Sleepy Hollow at this point for my founding father's knowledge. I'm like, well, in George Washington's Bible, it said that on the blood moon, the you know zombie lady will crawl out of the caverns. Whoa! And then we have to use Benjamin Franklin's sketchbook to triangulate the like wraiths' cries. You learn something new every day. That show was very good and then very bad. That's what I hear. I tried to. I watched one episode, and Mike, our previous guest star, really enjoyed it. And I think that he continued watching, but I was just like, I can't handle this shit. I don't understand. It's probably the biggest disappointment of a TV show that I have ever personally been invested in. Whoa! Like it went downhill really fast. Then it got better again in the third season, and then, spoiler alert, they killed off the best character in the third season finale in a really offensive way. That's horrible. Is that like killing off Bonnie? Pretty much. Yeah, that that would be horrible, and I would quit this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, Sleepy Hollow, You Betrayed Me. That show actually always kind of reminded me of The Vampire Diaries, because it was like supernatural creatures mm-hmm. crossed with like historical events. So it really could have had its place among like the pantheon of great <laughs> television. Yeah. But I digress. This is not the Sleepy Hollow Diaries. Maybe someday. Never. <laughs> okay. Scratch that. <laughs> so after Jeremy and Alaric have their disturbing conversation, we hop over to everybody's favorite restaurant slash hangout slash bar, the Mystic Grill. 
Um, so Bonnie and Elena are nope. Matt's filling out a job application. Uh, Matt or, is filling out a job or application. Or like a W-9 or something. <laughs> it's, it looked like an application, and bartender Ben was like, oh, hey, Matt, are you going to start working here? And Matt was like, yes. So that was what was confusing about yeah. it. It's like, if you were filling out an application, how would you know I that you were going to get the I think he was filling out a tax form. Okay. So, like, he was just about to start working there. Gotcha. That would make sense. So Ben is this character we've never met. Uh, the Netflix synopsis of this episode starts with, like, Bonnie gets help from Ben of the Mystic Grill. And we're like, who the fuck is Ben of the Mystic Grill? <laughs> yes. We've never met him before. But he's basically a townie. He, like, used to be a star football player, and now he's the bartender at the Mystic Grill. And Matt is about to follow in his footsteps. Yes. Except without the football success. Sorry, they had to forfeit half their seasons because <laughs> their coach got murdered by a large animal. And probably several of the players at some point. Yeah. Stefan couldn't take the lead to lead them to the championship. Yeah. Well, so now there's a new Donovan working at the Mystic Girl. I wonder if he'll be treated the same way as Vicky, R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. Like, shout out every episode. Is somebody going to just, like, go around grabbing Matt's ass? <laughs> Hopefully, is someone going to attack Matt and that he's going to have to wear gauze on his neck for like eight years? Oh, I hope so. So I, th- I I could be wrong, but I think that while Matt was filling out the job application, Bonnie and Elena were yeah. like having a quick lunch. They were there. And there was like one of my favorite scenes from the episode. <laughs> so like Bonnie and Elena are catching up and Bonnie's like, you have to ask Jenna who your true parents are because we found out that Elena was adopted. Mm-hmm. So Elena kind of stands up and she's like all right well i gotta go and starts walking away and bonnie's like okay i'll get the bill (laughs) what the hell like that's how you treat your friends if somebody just left the table (laughs) i know she straight up stood up and walked away so here's bonnie's experience in the mystic girl today her lunch mate (laughs) gets up in the middle of a conversation sticks her with the bill she then immediately is accosted by damon who's like let's be friends and she tells him to fuck off and then Ben comes to the rescue and, like, shoes him away and then hits on her. So I'm, like, stuck with the bill, mm-hmm. harassed by a vampire, hit on by a townie. I would never go to the Mr. Girl again. No, that's, like, the trifecta. Ugh. Yeah, so Ben's all, like, I never forget a pretty face because Bonnie was, like, you remember me from high school? Mm. And he's, like, it wasn't that long ago. So that's kind of how we know that Ben is you know, around. Mm -hmm. He went to the same high school as them, presumably a couple years ago, because he, I guess he's 21 because he's serving drinks, but I don't know if that's the law of the land in Mystic Falls, Virginia. If he's 21, though, how could he have gone to school at the same time as them? Because they're like sophomores. Oh, did we find a plot hole? Okay. My takeaway from this episode is... Dear Vampire Diaries showrunners, please explain (laughs) math to me. I think all we need to know is what was the legal age of serving alcohol in Virginia in the year, like, 2010? Yeah. Okay. We'll look that up. Listeners, stay tuned for this hot take next week. It's also possible that football star Tony Ben got held back a couple grades. Ooh, true. <laughs> Backstory. <laughs> so, yeah, Ben is, like, a thing now. Bonnie is like drooling over him even though he's just a very bland looking white man mm-hmm. he actually looks like if jeremy and liam hemsworth had a baby <laughs> but it was like not an attractive baby yeah i could see that for sure i like can't even picture bartender ben in my mind right now yeah 
Maybe I have white man face blindness. We all do. <laughs> we all do. So, you know, there's this dance and Caroline being Caroline is like in charge of the decorating committee. And she is like out painting a banner with Matt because they're like buddies, like flirt buddies. And they're doing the cute thing like, oh, I'm going to paint on your arm. It's so cute. And he tells her he's never seen her look like such a mess. Oh, my God. Because she like is wearing a button down shirt and has like a fleck of paint on her arm. She looked great. Like I like was looking at her extra hard because I didn't know what Matt was talking about. But he was he's just being just his, a dick. It's his weird like insulty flirting that he just keeps doing, and Caroline, having no self esteem, loves it. Yeah. Ugh. But she explains that she did not want to delegate the dirty work because if you want something done right, you do it your damn self. And hey, you tell him, Caroline, you paint that banner. I know. I mean, but banners should be, like, the one thing you should feel comfortable delegating, I feel like. Yeah. Like, who needs a banner anyway? Like, you all know this is the dance. I know. <laughs> and there was already a banner hanging earlier in the episode, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Banner we, we part two. We shouldn't look too hard at this, probably. Exactly. So they're kind of going back and forth, and Matt keeps bringing up the, the offenses. So they're chatting, and he's like, who knew you could be this fun, Caroline? <laughs> What the hell? Stop nagging her. I She's know. already on the line. Ugh. But she kind of thinks it's cute. And she says, oh, well, you know, so for the dance, do you want us to coordinate our outfits? Because she's assuming they're going together, even though it hasn't been discussed. Mm-hmm. But he's like, uh, I can't go. I have to work. Yeah. And Caroline didn't know that Matt had a job. So she was like, what do you mean you have to work? Where do you work? And, and Matt gets like super aggro about it. He's like, some of us have to work, Caroline. <laughs> Not all of us can, like, sit around painting banners all day like an asshole. I know. Like, like, you just got a job, and your sister was apparently supporting your family, and that's the reason that you needed to get this job now that she's left. So exactly. You. Because he said that things are tight because his mom's not around. And because Vicky isn't working on the Mystic Girl anymore. Exactly. And he had... He, it seems like he hasn't even worked for a shift. So when he's like, God, Caroline, some of us have jobs. You're just like, Like, you're not down in the coal mines every day. Like, shut the fuck up. I know. He did. He went from like zero to 60 in like a uh, short amount of time. Exactly. Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you. Speaking of fuck you, uh, the next scene features Jeremy. Uh, I think he's at the Mystic Grill, maybe. He's somewhere, and Anna box uh-huh. up to, like, basically try to lick his boots for a while. I know. And it's just really uncomfortable. She's like, let's hang out. And Jeremy's like, sorry, like, I'm a little busy. And she's like, oh, okay, well, how about tomorrow then? And he, and he kind of looks at her with a knowing look, and she's like, oh, I'm doing that thing where I'm being too pushy, aren't I? And Jeremy's like, uh, yeah, you are. So... It was just such a bummer because Jeremy sucks and nobody should be like barging down his door to try and get him to hang out with you. Yeah, he should be like paying people to hang out with him. I know because he like, actually, we haven't seen him hang out with anyone except for Alaric since Vicky <laughs> left. Yeah, rightly so. But he's just really busy thinking about his ancestors or something. But he tells her he can't hang out anyway because he got roped into doing a drink duty at the dance for 
Extra credit for English class, I believe, was the reason. Yeah, this doesn't seem academically sound to me, but I wouldn't put it past the Mystic Falls uh, education system to have, like, volunteering at the dance as extra yeah. credit. Also, who would put Jeremy in charge of the drinks at the dance, yeah, given his background? Yeah, he's a Exactly. He had a handle of whiskey outside of the football game. And he tried to stab somebody with it. <laughs> yes. Who's making these decisions? Well, we all know that nobody works at the school, except <laughs> apparently Alaric now, and he loves Jeremy. Yeah. For so, some reason. So That's like Alaric's one flaw, is he likes Jeremy. I know. I still love him, though. <laughs> Alaric, that is, not Jeremy. Ah. Yeah, that's your fiancé who loves Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, don't remind (laughs) me. Like, this is the first rift Mike and I have had in our relationship. (laughs) Oh, man. So I basically just want to shake Anna and be like, look around you. There are other people that you could hang out with. Other people know the definition of allegorical. It's fine. Yeah. You'll find them sometime. So I think then we go back to Elena. We do. So um, Elena has been upset because she found out that she's adopted. And uh, we see that she's chatting with Aunt Jenna. And Aunt Jenna is getting ready for the dance. And she's wearing a cute 50s outfit. And Elena's... Talking about how Alaric's going to be there. And he asked her to chaperone. Is that like a a date thing for teachers? That like you invite non-teachers to a school dance? That seems like a huge like... I don't know, like an inappropriate thing to do. Like parent chaperones are a thing. Yeah, but not like parent dates that nobody knows who they are having them vetted. Well, we do establish at the end of the episode that it wasn't actually a date. Oh, we do. That's true. It was just a flirtation. Oh, and I guess Aunt Jenna is a legal guardian. Yeah, and she probably... Well, no. Yeah, she says she went to Mystic Hall High. That's true. So she's also an alumni. Mystic Falls High. (laughs) Mystic Hall (laughs) Phi. We're doing great. Anyway, so she's trying to be like all normal and chatty and Melina just turns around and is like, so what the fuck up is with me being adopted? Who are my real parents? Yeah, if my mom was here right now, she would tell me the truth. And Aunt Jenna was like, ooh, that is true. So here's what's up. I guess Elena's dad was a OBGYN. I think he was just like a GP. Okay. So Elena's dad was at the doctor's office one day and some 16 year old comes barging in. She's a runaway and he decides to deliver her baby and brings the 16 year old and the baby back to their house. And then the 16 year old runs away. So he decides (laughs) to forge the birth certificate to say that Elena's mom and her dad were the parents of this baby, Elena. Um, and we find out that the girl's name is Isabel. And it's so, like, complicated. Don't you think that they could have just adopted her without much fuss? It's like, right. here's a baby. We want it. We're upstanding citizens. This it girl should, it ran It wouldn't have away. been that hard. I know. It wouldn't. Like, use the legal system, people. But then it wouldn't be so mysterious, I guess. And it wouldn't have been a secret from Elena. Yeah. So basically some bitch named Isabel like did a dine and dash except like delivering a baby (laughs) style. And that is how Elena became a Gilbert. I thought you said diamond dash. Which (laughs) I feel kind of like candy crush offshoot. (laughs) I feel like it's the perfect term of like having a child somewhere and abandoning it. Where do diamonds come in? (laughs) The diamond is the baby. Oh. 
<laughs> yes, well, we've invented a new phrase now. Good. So, also, what's going on with Elena, in addition to her finding out her sordid past, is uh, during her previous conversation with Stefan, he had also provided her with a special tool, uh, which was the Gilbert pocket watch. Um, slash compass. Slash compass, yes. So he's explaining. R.I.P. Logan Fell. <laughs> no, not R.I.P. Rest in pieces. Rest in pieces. Ooh, I like it. Okay, R.I.P. in that situation. I mean, that was what I said about Roger Ailes. Oh, God. Good. That man. Yeah. Hope you're having fun roasting on that spit, buddy. Right? May all of the horrible things you brought upon this world come back to you double in this afterlife. Yes. Anyway, moving on from the political segment of our <laughs> podcast. All right, that was a back mini, mini wire men. Away from the demons and back to the vampires. Yes. So Stefan gives Elena the pocket watch slash compass and explains to her that it will point to vampires. So she'll be aware that a vampire is around her um, and it'll just kind of give her a heads up so that she'll be safe. And then the compass points at Stefan to prove that it works. Yes, exactly. But it takes a minute, even though he's right there. Yeah, it does this kind of like really long spinny thing. Like this thing was definitely invented before Wi-Fi. So it takes a minute to power up. Also not to like bring up Pocahontas every episode, but it's basically exactly like the compass in Pocahontas. (laughs) It's true. That like goes crazy spinning and then points her toward where her dad's about to murder her boyfriend. Man, (laughs) I don't watch that movie. That's rough. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode of just Pocahontas. Oh my gosh, we should do like one once a month where it's just about (laughs) something else. I like it. Yes. Okay, anyway, so um, Elena and Jenna end their conversation and Elena needs to go and get ready for the dance. So we cut to her upstairs blow drying her already perfectly dry hair, which was concerning to Claire and I because it was just going to get frizzy. You're going to ruin it, girl. I know. It was stupid, but because she was blow drying her hair, she couldn't hear the like whizzing of the compass because apparently a vampire was approaching. Yes. So she gives Damon a quick call. Or no, she tries to call Stefan. Stefan is on his way to Elena. So Damon answers Stefan's phone and he's like, oh, hey, Stefan's on his way to you. And Elena feels comforted because she's like, oh, that's probably why the compass is going off like crazy but then the camera pans up to reveal <laughs> that the pizza guy from before is literally like on the ceiling like with his hands like there's like little walls on the ceiling it's very hard to describe yeah it's, but it's like basically an like a ceiling yeah and he's just like hanging out there right above her and she is just standing there like oh good it's just Stefan. but then he pops down and starts like trying to bite her but luckily, Stefan arrives in the nick of time to throw um, this pizza guy off of Elena. Yeah, and he just zooms the hell out of there before they can get a good look at him. Yeah. So they're like, fuck, this guy has been invited into Elena's house because Jeremy's an idiot. So now we have to like really extra find him and find out what the deal is. Yes, so they decide that the way to do this would be for Elena and Stefan to go to the dance together and Damon to accompany them because they know that the vampire will go there next. Yes. So Elena, for the first time and probably not the last, is bait. Mm -hmm. And also she's going to the dance with both of them. So that's fun for everyone. Yeah, great. I don't know how Damon gets in. Well, I mean, he probably uses compulsion. 
But that seems a lot more inappropriate than Aunt Jenna, even if he is allegedly Stefan's legal guardian. He just is like this 21-year-old who turns up at the dance. Who has also dated students. Like, it's very And hit on their parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Sheriff... No, not Sheriff Forbes. <laughs> no, uh, Lockwood. Uh, Mrs. Mayor Lockwood. <laughs> what is her name? I think it's Carol. It's, it but I'm not like sure Carol. if that's true. Something like that. So yeah, uh, they go to the dance, and we see that uh, Bonnie and Caroline are already there. Bonnie looks so cute. She has like this Betty Page hairdo. Yeah. And I was just like, girl, you nailed it. This 50s dance, all of the outfits and the hairstyles were way better than the 50s dances that I attended <laughs> as a child. Like I had a poodle skirt uh, growing up yeah. that, that I would wear to like 50s themed events, of which there were multiple yeah it's really weird i also had a poodle skirt but i never did like a 50s hairstyle oh yeah i mean i could never do anything with my hair anyway yeah same which is why i cut it all off (laughs) i digress uh caroline looks cute too uh she has like a very complicated hairdo that doesn't look super 50s but she's wearing like a floral cardigan Mm -hmm. and she looks cute but she's not having a good time. She like Elena turns up and is like, "Hey, how's it going?" She's like, "This took two hours, so I'm staying here for at least half that." <laughs> I was like, "I'm proud of you, Caroline. I like the way you brought that down." Yeah, and she's also very annoyed to see that uh, Elena has showed up with Stefan and Damon because you may recall uh, Damon emotionally and physically abused Caroline for quite a while. <laughs> Exactly. So Caroline, he also tried to kill Bonnie. Which exactly. Caroline doesn't know about, but Bonnie does. Yeah. So she trots in with Stefan and Damon, and they're all like, "Hey, girl, why did you bring Damon to this dance? It's super weird." And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, if I'm going to be with Stefan, I have to learn to tolerate Damon." And it's like, "What the fuck?" And I think my favorite part of the episode was Alina says, "Well, yeah, I have to learn to tolerate him. It's not like I can kill him." Bonnie says, "There's a thought." And Caroline says, I'll help. And then they clink their glasses and, like, smile at each other. <laughs> it's like, I want to watch, like, the episode where that happens. So good. I know. Me too. It was nice to see Bonnie and Caroline just uncomplicatedly being friends and being on the same page. Yeah. Not fighting over the very important crystal. Yeah. I'm glad they're back. Me too. I will say I don't understand Alina's outfit. Like, I get the basic concept behind it, and she has, like, a cute hairdo with a bumpet and stuff that you were jealous of. I missed the bumpet. I forgot about it. Bring it back. But she's wearing basically, like, a a blue button-down shirt with, like, a hot pink belt that's not sitting in her natural waist. It's, like, under her boobs. Yeah. And, like, capri pants. And I'm like, I get, like, the capri pants shirt thing. Like, I get what you're going for, but what the fuck is this belt? The belt was weird because I feel like Aunt Jenna was wearing something like that, too. Well, she had a high-waisted skirt that was belted at the waist. Okay, yes. With, like, a cute plaid button down. And she looked really nice. But Elena's belt, like, I've never seen in any decade anybody (laughs) purposely put a belt there on a button-down shirt. It was really weird. It was weird. I'll have to put a picture on Facebook. Yes, please do. And you guys can explain to us how that was a classic 50s fashion, and I just don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, her outfit choice wasn't great, but her hair was. Yeah. So Bonnie and Caroline are kind of pissed that Elena brought Damon to the dance, which is rightfully so. Um, so Damon and Stefan kind of strut over, and Damon's like, would you care to dance, Bonnie? And Bonnie was like, yeah, right, in your dreams. 
So her, like Claire mentioned, uh, Bonnie and Caroline walk away. And then Damon asks Elena if she would like to dance. And she was like, as a matter of fact, I would. And then she walks away in Stefan's arms. And it's like, ooh, Damon, you burn. Oh, shit. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And she gave him quite a sassy look on the way. She did. And I liked her in that moment. It was good to see. And then we get to see Damon, or, oh my God, we get to see Stefan and Elena dance for quite some time. Yeah. And she, like, quizzes him on what the 50s were actually like. She's like, I'm just matching, like, a paradise of sweaters and milkshakes. And he's like, oh, yeah, and, like, racism and, like, looming McCarthyism, Yes. (laughs) But she's like, but they did have poodle skirts, right? And he was like, yeah, I guess. And then she's like, perfect. Let's go back. I know. That was upsetting conversation. (laughs) Oh, man. And meanwhile, uh, Pizza Boy is wandering around in his hoodie. And he has the hood up. And I'm like, girl, there were not hoodies in the 1950s. You are sticking out like a sore thumb. So true. I was just about to say that. And he's just kind of not even trying to hide himself. But even though they're allegedly looking, nobody sees him. Um, Also at the dance is Jeremy, who is serving beverages and apparently has not spiked the punch, which I blame on Damon's brainwashing. (laughs) Exactly. But luckily, Anna shows up to keep him company. (laughs) Luckily. Yeah, she just pops up, like, everywhere that he is, and I'm like, I hate Jeremy, so far be it for me to, like, tell somebody to back off, but she is stalking him, Yeah, and it's getting a little creepy. It is. So she's like, hey, Jeremy, what up? And he's like, uh, hello, like, what are you doing here? Like, are you doing that thing where you pretend that we're dating, but we're not? And I was just like, holy shit, Jeremy, you're <laughs> but such she's an just asshole. like, oh, yeah, stalking, uh-huh. But yeah. then she tells him, like, get over yourself. I've never been to a school dance, and it was rude of you not to invite me, so I decided to just come and help you with the beverages. She also has not dressed for the theme, but in her defense, Jeremy did not tell her there was a theme in Jeremy's defense because he was not expecting her to go. That's true. Was Jeremy dressed for the theme? No. Okay. But I that's just because he's a little was. shit. Yeah. He's too cool. He's like the kid who, like, just decided that dressing up for Halloween was lame, Mm-hmm. Because he's in that like mid area where he doesn't want to be like a kid, but he doesn't realize that it's really fun to dress up in a costume as an adult. He's not a girl, not yet a woman. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I just want to see a remake. No, I don't want to see a remake of Crossroads starring Jeremy, but I just want to watch Crossroads. I want to watch Crossroads. I would support a remake as long as Jeremy wasn't in it. Yeah. <laughs> With the original cast. Oh my God. Britney Spears. Taryn Manning and Zoe Saldana. That like, would be the best. Pensatucky and yes. uh, Gamora slash uh, Uhura. They've all really done such great things in their careers. They have. Okay, stay tuned for the Kickstarter for this project. Yes. Maybe this time Taryn Manning will actually have the baby. Oh, instead of the world ball tumbling down the stairs. <laughs> and hopefully Dan Aykroyd will still be available. Wait, is he alive? I think so. Or wait, no, I don't think he is. <laughs> Somebody looked that up for us. If oh, he's alive, no. hopefully he still will agree to play Britney's dad. We hope. If not, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, what were we talking about? Uh, Anna. Oh yeah, Anna. Jeremy. Okay. And she's like trying to be cute about it, but it's also creepy. 
And then she just kind of loses her chill completely and is like, hey, so while we're not talking about it at all, uh, can I have your ancestor's oh, journal? yeah, that's right. And Jeremy's like, uh, sorry, I let my teacher borrow it so that he could jack off to it for a little bit. <laughs> and Anna is like, oh my god, you shouldn't let just anybody see that. And he's like, what, my ancestor's journal? <laughs> No, you're historical porn, <laughs> But she, like, freaks out and is like, hey, well, we're at the school. Let's, like, go sneak into his office and, and get it back. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And then Anna just can't control herself anymore. And she gets a face boner. Oh, shit. She gets a vampire face because she gets so mad. So she starts getting the dark under eyes and the reddish hue to her pupils and her face kind of starts contorting. And yeah, it gets all veiny. Um, But then she like catches it and turns away and calms herself down. But pretty much we find out that Anna is a vampire, which could be the only excuse for someone really liking Jeremy as having, yeah. like, an ulterior motive. Well, like, in one sense, it's like, oh, no, what is she up to? But in the other sense, thank God she actually wasn't legitimately, like, into Jeremy. She's just trying to get the diary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank God. Uh, blessed. Everything makes sense now. <laughs> but he's like, oh, your eye, what happened? But she just runs away, and he has to fulfill his drink-ladling responsibilities. Very important. Sorry, Jeremy. So I think that when Anna runs away after her face boner, she comes across a familiar face in the hallway. Mm -hmm. So we see a hooded figure in the hallway, and it's none other than the pizza guy, a.k.a. Alana's attacker. Alana? (laughs) Alana. Alana's attacker. We're not watching Broad City. No, but I was thinking about Broad City because I forget what we were just talking about. It made me think about Broad City. Also, I tried to say Anna and Alana. This, or <laughs> I tried to say Anna and Elena at the same time, and I ended up with Alana. Okay. I apologize, listeners. I don't mean to confuse you. <laughs> but yes, she runs into the hooded asshole who's been stalking Elena. Yeah, and she's like, come on, dude, like, what are you doing? And he's like, did you get the journal? She's like, I'm working on it, don't worry. And she's like, stop stalking that girl, like, that's not our mission. You're just fucking shit up. And he's like, but she looks like Catherine. (sighs) How does this fucker know who Catherine is? Exactly. So apparently there's just, like, a pack of vampires all throughout Mystic Falls running wild because Elena looks like Catherine like man you just want more and more to know who Catherine was and what her deal was like everybody's obsessed with her very true girl had some special powers i guess can we get some more 1864 flashbacks please oh please bring them back i thought that that was going to be a part of every episode once the first one happened i mean there will be more but i feel like it's been a while it has it's been too long yeah so she kind of tells him you know cut it out but he says that he's just gonna play with her until like they get the journal yeah it's gross yeah it's weird uh but we cut away from there for a minute uh bonnie and caroline have just bailed on the dance oh yeah and they go to the mystic grill and bonnie's like oh we gotta make sure to sit over here where we can uh, see bartender ben because i have a crush and Caroline's like, fine, whatever. What a sucky night. I don't care about anything. And she also uh, 
says something to the effect of, uh, why do you care so much about this washed up jock who pours drinks for a living? Yeah. Which is harsh. And also, Matt is like right behind her when she says it. Whoops. And Matt's little feelings were hurt. Yeah, it's like he insults her like 10 times per conversation, but he overhears her insulting somebody else with whom he bears <laughs> superficial similarities. And he's like, this is the worst grievance ever experienced by man or beast. <laughs> and he storms away and he doesn't does. respond when she says hi. Yeah. So they go and sit down and Caroline tells uh, Bonnie that she's been eye-stalking Ben all night, which I'm like, eye-stalking, also known as looking at. Which I thought was just a euphemism for eye-fucking. I don't know. But it could go either way. I mean, there's a lot of stalking happening in this episode, but basically they egg each other on with their like crush situations bonnie's like you should just go talk to matt and like find out what's up and caroline's like oh well you know you should go and talk to ben and bonnie god bless her is like you're right i'm gonna go and talk to ben and so she strolls right up to the uh bar with her cute little hairdo looking really sweet and it's like, hey, I'm proving a point to my friend by coming and approaching you instead of waiting for you to approach me. I'm like, you get it, girl. Yeah. Like, go, Bonnie. I was really proud of Bonnie because that's what women should do. Claire gave me this very advice um, <laughs> about my first, um, not, I don't know, not my first, but about like going up to Mike, our previous guest star, and talking to him at a party. Um but yeah, so Bonnie's like, I, you know, I'm proving to my friend that we don't need guys to wait around to come up to us. And Ben immediately says, oh, does that mean you're asking me out on a date? It's such a logical leap. I mean, <sighs> she just came up to say hi. Yeah. She could just want to take you out back and, you know, do things. She could. Or she could have just been saying hello like a normal human being. Yeah. But no, Ben had to take it there. And then it gets, like, really sadly, like, awkward, but also kind of cute. She's like, oh, well, you know, do you want to? And he says, yeah, what do you have in mind? And she, like, thinks about it for a minute. She's like, how do you feel about karaoke? <laughs> and he's just like, ew, vomit. Ugh. And I'm like, red flag. Karaoke's the best. And if he's too cool for karaoke, you're too cool for him. True. But then he says, but I would really like to go on a date with you. So it's not a total rejection. Yeah. I don't know about bartender Ben. Can I tell my story about going up and approaching a man at a bar? Yes. I'm sure you heard this one. That would be the perfect but time. But I'd love to share it with our listeners. Please do. So New Year's Eve last year, I went to a bar that our friend uh, used to work at. And I had my eye on this guy all night. He was really cute. And at the end of the night, I just went up to him and slung my arm around his shoulders and said, <laughs> I don't suppose you want my phone number, do you? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and then we exchanged numbers. We went on a date, and then he ignored me for a month and then texted me asking if I would give him a blowjob for his birthday. So A modern-day romance. Yeah, and now we're married. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of thing can happen when you approach a man in a bar. Uh, hopefully next time it'll go a little bit better for me. But, but I, hooray for you for doing it. I enjoy That's telling cool. that story because that was... I, a pickup line I was very proud of. Yeah. No, that's like perfect. <laughs> I love it. It's so simple. And it. I bet it works all the time. Yeah. Especially if you want somebody who will sext you after not talking to you for a month. 
Well, it was basically like a really extreme you up. <laughs> that is. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. Uh, if you're listening out there, I forget what your name was. You were really cute, but fuck you. Yeah. Claire's too good for you anyway. Ha ha ha. Yes. I'm saving myself for... I was going to say a character from this show, but there's no character. I was about to say like a Damon-like <laughs> Stefan, but that that's not a thing that we need. Anyway, moving on. So Caroline is like, okay, you go, girl. I'm going to emulate you, Bonnie, and go and talk to Matt. Mm-hmm. But of course, Matt is being an asshole right now because he overheard her. And he's like, just because you weren't saying it about me, like, I could be Ben. Blah, 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 blah. How dare you say something about someone else that I might think could apply to me at some point in the future. Yeah. And Caroline uh. is actually really great in the scene. She's like, well, you know me. I say stupid shit without thinking of it. And then I apologize. Like, I'm really sorry. And then he goes on this whole speech about how he really likes, like, their little friendship thing. But he's he doesn't know if he's over Elena yet. And if they actually move to the next level then he's gonna hurt her and then he's gonna lose their friendship and uh, Caroline's like well fuck you very much you already done lost it because I'm not gonna put up with this shit yes true and I was like yeah you tell him I'm (laughs) snapping in a Z formation over and over yes oh my god I was really proud of Caroline at that moment especially especially after all the shit that she went through with Damon and Mm -hmm. like how she had like no agency in that relationship also because mostly she was brainwashed but yeah yeah, and all the shit that Matt keeps on of course that too Uh, and going on about like oh god it's so weird that I like you who knew you could be fun I've never seen you look worse and she's just like do you want to like make out with me or not like man up and stop being such a little dick i know but then she storms off because he is being stupid good call yeah uh so back at the dance uh our hoodie vampire friend who i think we learned his name was noah uh, oh he is he called elena earlier in the episode to be like it's me your friend (laughs) oh yeah i'm watching you it was like something out of scary movie yeah so he calls her again um and he like has a decoy he like gave his hoodie to some little pimply faced teen to to fool (laughs) Stefan into running away and, but then he calls Elena and is like, hey, if you don't run out that exit right now, I'm going to murder your brother. And, and it turns out he's standing right by Jeremy. Yeah. That and was I'm a like, good hey, move. go ahead and do it. That's a win-win, man. <laughs> yeah. We all win in this situation. But Elena is too kind-hearted. So she's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So she runs out the exit door. Noah follows her. Jeremy's left unharmed. For now. For now. Darn. <laughs> so she, like, is running through the halls. All the doors are padlocked, or, like, chained, locked for some reason. Yeah, I thought that that was super weird. Like, I don't get it. I don't get like, it Like, to get, to stop the teens from, like, going into other parts of the school during the dance? I guess so. But, like, would teens want to go into, like, their classrooms? I guess if they wanted to, like, have sex or something. I guess. But padlocks seem a little extreme. Anyway. She makes it into the cafeteria before Noah catches up and he starts, like, throwing her over tables and shit. Uh, She grabs some pencils and stabs him with them. Okay. Could you actually literally stab someone through the hand with a pencil? 
You would have to put a lot of force behind it. Yeah. But she does it. She does. I just wasn't sure if it was, like, actually possible, but... I mean, probably, there's, like, between the bones... Yeah, there's, like, a fleshy part. Yeah. We're, like, both feeling our hands right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's for science. But this part reminded me, this is our, like, weekly moment of which other vampire property is Claire thinking of. It was, like, the time that Willow infiltrated the mayor's office to try to steal his magical box and got kidnapped. And then she floated a pencil with her magic powers and staked him from behind with it using just her mind. Whoa, was that like, sounds it went badass. A lot better for Willow than it did for Elena. But I also want to see Bonnie do this now. Oh, me too. That would be amazing. Yeah, so that's your weekly dose of Buffy comparison. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> So the pencil wasn't enough to completely stop Noah, but it was enough to slow him down. Mm -hmm. So then um, Elena picks up a broom or a mop and kind of just busts it on her hand and she's about to try and... She breaks it really easily. Like, what kind of cheap-ass mop was this? (laughs) The the school budget is not (laughs) very high. Yeah, she, like, straight up breaks it over her knee and tries to stab him with it, but he's a little too strong and fast for her. And... It's looking like curtains for Elena, like it does at least once a week. (laughs) But then Stefan, once again at the last second, zooms in and and stops him. Yes. Thanks, Stefan. Our heroine lives to see another day. So Stefan and Damon are in there, and they kind of start questioning um, Noah. Like, who are you? Like, why are you here? What do you want with Elena? And so on and so forth. So he's just kind of like, hey, I'm Noah. Uh, I'm not telling you who I'm with, but I wanted to be with Elena because she looks so much like Catherine. So then Damon's like, hold up. How do you know Catherine? And he's like, oh, you think that you two were the only ones? You think that we don't know her or something along those lines? So then Damon immediately jumps to how do you get into the tomb? And he's like, fuck you. I'm not going to tell. But then... Damon stabs him in the stomach with the mop and starts twisting it around. Oh, shit. He's like, it's in the grimoire. And, you know, he already heard that from Brie last week, R.I.P. girl. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, where the fuck is the fucking grimoire? And he says that the answer lies in Jonathan Gilbert's journal. <gasps> so that's why at least uh, Anna wants it. We don't know about Alaric. He probably just wants to wank to it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but especially those drawings of goat demons. Hot stuff. So realistic. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like... Alaric's secret folder on his computer with, like, goat-headed demon porn. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. But to each his own. images that we did not need to experience. <laughs> Very true. So things escalate pretty quickly between Noah and Damon and Stefan. And when it's clear that Noah's not going to give up the other people that he's with, uh, Stefan just stakes him through the heart so yeah. that he dies. And, and Elena freaks out. Yeah. She's, like, sobbing. And I'm like, this. not only is this not the first time, like, you've seen a vampire get staked, this is not the first time Stefan has staked somebody right in front of you. So true. And he was trying to kill you. Calm the fuck down. She seemed more freaked out than when he killed Vicky. She really did. But we already know that she didn't like Vicky for when she was throwing true. shade at her in that one episode. Uh, but, yeah, so... Elena was just like, <gasps> like, why? Maybe she asked why or something like she that. She asked how they were going to figure out who he was working with now. Yeah. So Stefan and Damon were like, it doesn't matter. Like, he had to die. He was invited in. 
Yeah. And, like, during this whole standoff, Anna was kind of creeping at the window a little bit, but then she scooted out of there when they started asking him who his friends were. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of it, Alaric is spying... We haven't really talked about Alaric at the dance. He's wearing, like, an Archie Andrews Letterman jacket, (laughs) and he's flirting with Aunt Jenna, and then Aunt Jenna just, like, kind of insensitively brings up his wife (laughs) and her death. Yeah. They have this whole conversation about, like, once again, yes, no, I don't know what happened to my wife. I still don't know from the last time you asked me two weeks ago. And the whole time they, like, act as though he's the one making it weird, but she definitely brought it up. She did. You don't just do that to someone. Like, you could, like, in a romantic, like, intimate... Not romantic, but, like, in an intimate situation where you want to know more about the person. Not at a fucking school dance where you're chaperoning. have not even been on a date before. (laughs) Right? Oh, God. But... Jenna. There's obviously something between them, and he's, you know, like, whatever. I don't know. It was kind of weird. But anyway, he's wandering around the school. He also uh, talked to Damon a little bit at the dance earlier. Oh, yeah. He just kind of sidled up to him and was like, hey, how'd you get roped into this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm a lark. What's your whole life story? Do you travel around much? What parts of the country have you traveled to? And Damon's like, okay, can you please be more obvious that, like, you're trying to get something out of me? Yeah, Damon knew. He gave him a sassy look, like, right from the beginning. But he backburners it for the whole Noah murder thing. Yes. But he spies Alaric, like, through the cafeteria window and goes and runs out to see what's up. And he does this freaky, like, mind compulsion thing. And it is like, tell me the real story, dude. Do you know what I am? Are you really just a teacher? And Alaric is like, yes, I am just a teacher. No, I don't know what you are. Yes, that's the truth. And we're yeah. like, whoa, what's I happening? Know. And conveniently, what does Alaric have scrunched up in the palm of his hand? Oh, my God. It's some dried vervain. Where did he get it? Yeah, that's what I want to know. And why was he just carrying it around in his hand? Like, if he knows about Vervain and has access to it, he already has a gaudy-ass ring. Why hasn't he just put the Vervain in the ring? Right? We know that its primary purpose is to go in gaudy jewelry. But, yeah, so he was able to pretend to be compelled and tell David what he wants to hear, so he's safe for now. Yeah. I guess that's the only way to show us as the viewer that it was the Vervain working yeah, and not... I guess. But, yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> It was weird. So I think at this point, the dance starts winding down. You know, there's already been a murder. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's at a punch. So <laughs> people people decide to start, like, getting getting out of there. Um, so Alaric is walking Aunt Jenna home. And he's dropping her off at the door. And she's like, oh, I hope that all of the conversations about your dead wife aren't too weird. And he's like, no, no, it's fine for me to talk about Isabel. Isabel. Isabel, we know that Alana, oh my god, Elena's <laughs> birth mother is Isabel. And there could only be two Isabels. Or no, one Isabel. <laughs> uh, we're not even drunk, I swear. Oh my uh, gosh. But she asks where Isabel was from, and he says, actually, Virginia, not far from here. Yeah. So it's looking like Alaric is sort of Elena's semi-stepfather at this point. Oh, yeah. That is their relationship. Super weird. Yeah. So we'll need to know more about that for sure. It's not going to be too pretty if uh, Isabel is 
only one person and not two, considering like what we know about Damon and Alaric's wife. True. Yeah. So it's very intriguing. We want to know more, but uh, we leave it there for a minute. But Aunt Jenna is definitely like, oh, shit. Yeah, she recognizes the name. But she doesn't say anything. No, she keeps it under wraps because she's got to keep... Because she wants to get that D. And it's going to be way too awkward. (laughs) Like, uh, excuse me, I think that your dead wife might be my niece's biological mother. Can we have sex now? (laughs) Let's continue. Oh my gosh. No, that would be horrible. Sorry, Aunt Jenna. I'm not trying to rat you out. (laughs) So there's a lot of, like, weird and uncomfortable stuff happening, but there's, like, a tiny, like, ray of light at the end where Caroline's storming home after having the fight with Matt, and he's following her with his truck. He's like, Caroline, get in the car! And he finally stops and gets out, and she's like, no, I don't want to talk about this anymore, blah, 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 and then he just grabs her and kisses her. Yep. So they're officially at the romance stage of their relationship now. And Matt has to, of course, ruin it, by stopping halfway through a kiss and saying, this is never going to work. Right? Like, what the fuck? I, I'm happy that Matt is my first wire man and who you want to punch. Yeah. Uh, he's the worst. That Like, that really pissed me off, honestly. Like, I thought that, I don't know. I don't feel like kissing someone after you've been horrible to them is, like, the cure. But I thought that, yeah. you know, that might be, like, a nice gesture. Yeah, it would have been a nice moment if you could have shut his fucking mouth for two seconds. Uh, I know. This yeah, it's like Caroline's the unreasonable one all the time. I know. Maybe it didn't work with Elena because of you. Yeah. Ever think about that, punk? Ugh, God. So that's pretty much the end of the episode, uh, except for the final scene outside the Mystic Grill, uh, where Ben is locking up for the evening, and Anna zooms up with him all boner-faced and looking like she's going to kill him yeah. and rob Bonnie of her date. But then he boner faces right back at her, and he's like, Sup, girl, don't sneak up on me. Ha ha ha. Oh my god. So, bartender Ben is also a vampire. Yeah. And they are part of the same vampire conspiracy. And he's like, So, where's Noah? She's like, Oh, yeah, he got himself killed by being an idiot, but we're going to get this shit done. Gosh. So, nothing was as it seemed. Poor Bonnie can't get a date. He admits that part of the plan is getting the witch to be into him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, just let Bonnie have a nice thing in her I know. life. Bonnie deserves only the best. Yeah, it was very sad. Is there anything we're missing? There, The only thing that I can think of is um, that throughout the episode, Stefan and Damon were kind of going back and forth on um, the process of letting Catherine 1864 out of the tomb so Stefan was telling Damon that like the most important thing to Stefan is that Damon leaves town whether that's with Catherine 1864 or without her but he understands that he won't leave without her so he tells Damon that he'll help um, Damon get into the tomb and release Catherine as long as he only releases Catherine and that they can kill the other 26 vampires right so we think that Stefan is being truthful with Damon, but yeah. at the end of the episode, Stefan is like, Elena, I have to tell you something really important. And I was like, oh, here we go. The last time this happened, he told her she was adopted and that he saved her <laughs> life. Um, but he's like, I told Damon that I would help him get Catherine 1864 out of the tomb, but it was a lie. 
And she's like, oh, okay. So what's the big deal? I don't give a shit. Yeah, you don't tell her anything. <laughs> and then this is the one thing you feel like you have to cl- come clean about. Yeah. It was super weird. But he was like, oh, well, I know you've bonded with Damon recently. I didn't know if you would be comfortable. And she's like, bitch, I don't want any of those damn vampires letting little of my identical vampire twin getting out of that tube. <laughs> Let's lie to his face over and over. Yeah. I love it. Yes. So that's where we leave Elena and Stefan. Right. And Damon, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that about does it for the episode. Yay. That was a good one. Yeah. I feel like it set the stage for a lot of shit, Mm -hmm. especially with, like, the other vampire pack. That's the most important thing that I see here. Also, maybe that Alaric is Elena's secret stepfather. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to see where that goes. So why don't we just launch right on into who you want to punch? Matt. Yeah. It has to be Matt. Fucking Matt. Like, there's a lot of bad shit going on in this episode. Like, Noah attacking Elaine out of nowhere because she looks like Catherine. But just the psychological torture that Matt puts uh, Caroline through, like, it just ain't right. Yeah, I would punch him. He's not, like, the worst of them, but I hold him to a higher standard because overall he was the best out of the men for a long time. But as as soon as the Caroline thing started happening, he just was, like, right into the garbage. I know. It's weird. Like, I wonder if it's, like, the fact that he's, like, in, like, a budding romantic relationship that makes him, like, act out in this way because he know. seemed, like, somewhat decent, like, when Vicky was in the picture. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, his behavior is just, like, super despicable. Like, he's totally insulting Caroline at every chance that he gets. Yeah. He needs to get his shit together if he wants to rise back up the ranks. It's true. He's been on the punch list like a few weeks in a row, I feel like now. I think this is the first time he's made it since the pilot. Congratulations, Oh, is it? Oh, okay. He's been on my roster in the back (laughs) of my mind, at least. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, you took mine. uh, So I'm going to say that I want to punch Anna. Not because necessarily she's working against Elena or secretly a vampire, but because she's so bad at subterfuge. (laughs) <laughs> like, she could have played it so much more cool to get the diary. And I'm like, Anna, you have been a vampire, presumably, for a long-ass time. Like, you could have worked on these skills. You can do... He's Jeremy Gilbert. It's not that hard to fool him. <laughs> it's not some mastermind. It's... Yeah. You you need to step up your game. Because I like you, even if you are secretly evil. You seem like a good character, but you suck at this. Yeah. So I'll, I'll punch some sense into you. I know. She needs it. Yeah. Get it together. Anyone who can't outsmart Jeremy Gilbert within (laughs) like five seconds deserves to be on the punch list. Yeah. So, Beth, why are men? Oh my gosh, where do we start? I mean, this is sort of why are men, but I feel like one thing I didn't mention was when Stefan and Damon were having one of their conversations about how Damon should let Stefan help him with the tomb. Damon's like, why should I believe anything you're saying? And Stefan yeah. says, well, look at our history. Only one of us is a liar. And I was just like, girl, you lie like a million times per episode. And you're lying right now. I know. And I'm like, so why are men liars? I don't know. And Pretty why are they not cognizant of the fact that they're liars? Like, that's the scarier part. Yeah. It's like he feels like he... I really truly think in that scene he was being serious that he was the yeah. honest one. 
because he feels that he's morally superior because of his lifestyle choices when he's just as bad as Damon in many ways and worse than some. Exactly. And I just feel like that there's such like a lack of Mm self-awareness of like understanding like how you act and what your role is like across all of the men in this series. Yeah. And especially with Seven, he like sees himself as the good brother. Yeah. He truly thinks he's a good guy, but he does so much fucked up stuff. Yeah, he really does. Like, everything in his relationship with Elena is fucked up. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't go around randomly murdering people, so credit where it's due. But other than that, he's not any better than Damon. No, it's true. They're the same. And I hope that the show's creators realize that Damon and Stefan are the same. Mm. Do you think that they do? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. That's the question that I want answered. So, a, a more pure wireman thing is uh, Ben the bartender who's using poor Bonnie for his own nefarious schemes. Mm-hmm. We're not really sure what exactly what he wants with Bonnie, but since he referred to her as the witch and we know that uh, Emily Bennett's grimoire is involved somehow, that it's probably for that. But she's being strung along by yet another man mm-hmm. who just wants to fool her into thinking... He wants her so she can do something for him. I know. And I was like, I thought that this was so disappointing too, because I feel like Bonnie is really the only character that we haven't seen like manipulated by a man so far. Mm. So to see her kind of fall into this trap. Oh, the sirens are here again. The police are coming to arrest the men. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. God bless. (laughs) Uh, I know that was like, really disappointing and also just the whole scene where ben was like oh does that mean you're asking me out on a date just that the fact that she went up and talked with him Mm -hmm. uh, it was just so disappointing and on a similar thing like slightly less but damon's doing the same thing with her this episode he keeps on coming up and being like hey can we get over the thing where i tried to kill you and be friends and you know that as part of his evil plan he also is looking for the grimoire and she's just like fuck off but she already knows that Damon is evil, so it's it stings less than with Ben. It does. But it just goes to show that, like, dudes think that they have this, like, power to, like, charm women even after they've put them through so much bullshit, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Matt and Caroline, yeah. or Damon and Caroline, or ben, uh, Damon and Bonnie, Stefan and Elena. Everyone who has dated in this show has been been through that logan and jenna i could keep going and i guess really we don't need to go any farther than matt in this episode for wire men like he's just the flaming flag of (laughs) whiness so true i guess one of the best things about this episode was that tyler wasn't in it oh yeah i kind of forgot tyler existed yeah so i hope that he stays away but the fact that we didn't have to mention him in wire men this week was yeah Nice I and guess refreshing. Like, now that Tyler's been out of the picture for a lot of episodes recently, Matt is kind of picking up the slack in the douchebag department. That's true because Tyler's not around just like raping people. <laughs> so yeah. at least Matt could get in a couple of like psychological jabs at his lady friend. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enough with men. Who should have done it? Uh, this is a hard one. I feel like you should go first. 
Um, I think that Alaric and Aunt Jenna should have done it before the Isabel thing came to light. <laughs> Ooh, that is good. That's I why like I didn't them. pick them. I know. I like them, but now it's awkward, so I wish they could have banged one out in one of those locked classrooms. Yes. At the dance. <laughs> the padlocks were on for a reason, I guess. He has the key. He's the only teacher there. <laughs> Oh, that is a good one. But now that Isabel's in the picture, well, I guess she was always in the picture, but now that we know her true identity, we think it can make it weird. Yeah. That is a good one. Um, I guess that I would pick um, Caroline and Elena because Mm -hmm. of Caroline's reaction, as you mentioned, to her giving her the Vervain necklace. Yeah. Um, You know, there's little... spark there like let's see where it goes ladies yeah you've both been through enough psychological trauma from the men in your life yeah just say goodbye to the vampires and find each other yes that would be my pick cut out all the literal middlemen of your relationship (laughs) forget matt forget seth and forget damon yeah i like it cool me too all right. Well, that seems like a quick and easy one. Uh, we're zipping along, uh, getting into the true middle of season one, because as we established last week, there are over 20 episodes, oh not my gosh. 12, as there usually are. <laughs> so at this like sort of one third of the way, no, more like three fifths to five eighths, I don't know, math of the season, <laughs> we're really looking forward to finding out what's going to happen and reminding me what happens because I remember some of it but not all of it yeah sounds good I have no idea what's going to happen I think I see the show going in one direction and then just like a bunch of shit happens in the last five minutes of each episode and I just like whoa do you see it going in the direction of Harry Styles showing up as a vampire (laughs) um I hope so wait please sorry you said you said one direction please tell me that's a thing no oh I don't think that One Direction was a thing until, like, the last two seasons of this show. I know, but and then Her- maybe it was Harry Styles. The show was past its prime, and career. One Direction was too big. I got you. But that's what you get for saying One Direction. Fair enough. I do like Harry Styles, though. I haven't heard this new song, but apparently uh, Katie and Jeff, my sister and her husband, really like it. Oh. Which, if you knew them, you would find really funny, because <laughs> uh, they're they're really, like, classic rock people. That's cool. I haven't heard it either, I don't yeah. think. I'll it's apparently it. supposed to be really good. There was an article I kept seeing on Twitter about, is Harry Styles the new Frank Sinatra? All right, like, <laughs> let's not get get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> enough about One Direction. What direction do you see uh, next episode going in? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think... I hope that we'll find more about... Find out more about Isabel. Mm-hmm. Um... It would be super weird if that was Elena's mom, but I feel like they wouldn't bring that up if it wasn't her mom. So I think that that'll happen. Um, I also think that we will find out more about Anna and Ben, and I hope that we understand who the other pack of vampires are that are running the town. And I really want to understand the origin story of Catherine 1864. So what my prediction is, is that she just like totally went around and turned all of these like (laughs) high school aged people in 1864 and made them all fall in love with her and had like this weird like sex vampire ring going on because that's what it seems like because not only are these people alive but then there's also the 26 vampires down in the tomb like like, this is like a lot of fucking people how long do you think it took before they were too desiccated to have orgies in that tomb oh i don't know (laughs) a couple weeks (laughs) 
I'm just like picturing a partially desiccated vampire dude trying to get it up and then uh and then it just like crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a subject for your fan fiction, kids. Crumbly vampire desiccated penis. That's the name of my new band. <laughs> Oh, wait. I had the best idea for a punk rock band this morning. Uh, Nipple Pimple. (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, my God. I don't want to know where that idea came from. Uh, Yeah, you don't. (laughs) Maybe we edit that out. TMI, Beth. TMI. It's about a friend. (laughs) All right. On that note, have a great week, everybody. Bye. Mozzarella.